Hello to Principles Podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all the support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Two Principles. You can also check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We are grateful for our Two Principles podcast partner, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. I'm Ben Kirkwall, and I'm hanging out with the Two Principles. That's right, Ben. You are hanging out with the Two Principles. So, hey, I, I always ask our guests, are you a caffeinated guy? Do you like do you like drink caffeine? I drink more caffeine than the regular person. So <laughs> tell us tell us about that. That I'm that you got me intrigued now. I yeah uh, I so I did not have any caffeine growing up. I hated carbonated beverages. So and when I was a teenager, did not enjoy pop. Uh, never had it. I just had water or juice instead. You, and your then, parents didn't buy it. I mean, they like, had it in the fridge, but I was also like, this tastes terrible, oh, really? right? Like a Mountain Dew or something, the fi- the fizziness, right? Okay. Like, uh, so interesting. But then when I went to college, you experiment with fizziness drinks and things. And so then I started to become more accustomed to it. And then when I started teaching, the day I started student teaching was the day I started drinking coffee because I said, well, now that I'm student teaching, you have to drink coffee. So I forced adult, myself. You know, right? Yeah, you're right. Because you're an adult. So yeah. I started drinking coffee. And I, oh man, there, there are years I got it up to, I, I had a pot of coffee with me at school in a thermos and I would drink that all day. I still do that. And now, but now it's more like other carbonated beverages. So, so right now I'll probably like on, on a Friday on a treat day, I will do a full pot of coffee and then I will do one of those mega herbal life teas mm, with mm-hmm. 200 milligrams. And I'll follow that up with Jeez. like three diet Dr. Peppers. What time are you done with all this caffeine? Noon. Oh, so you, you just jam your body by noon and then you're able to go to bed at night then? Yeah. Yeah. If I have caffeine, like if I had a pop right now, I wouldn't sleep tonight. Okay. And like, what time would you, what time would you go to bed? Like during the, you know, the, the we'll call it the school season. Right. Well, the school season and not, I'm still in bed by nine. Oh, really? So you're, you just get to bed I, at night. All yeah. Right. I need, uh, I need eight hours. <laughs> I, I remember he'd always walk by, uh, at the old school when I worked at. Did his eyes pop out with like blood vessels because well, he drank I, too much he'd caffeine? He'd walk past my office every morning <laughs> and he'd always have, I think it was on Fridays, you'd have two, he always had two. Yeah, big, I had a, a had protein a, shake. Yep, that's the Herbalife protein, protein shakes. Shake. And then the giant, yeah, yeah, big 200 mil. Oh man, but I, 
caffeine and me, we go hand in hand. All right. Oh. So that, that's awesome. That's good to know a little bit about you, Ben. Hey, uh, Kev, are you ready to go here, pal? Let's absolutely do this. Let's raise that frequency today. Yeah, let's go spread some yep. good out in the podcast universe. It's that time. Hello and welcome to today's show. As always, super excited to be here today with friend and co-host Kevin. We are excited to have Ben Kirkwald in the HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio today. I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast, where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress management, and mental health. Our goal is to equip everyday leaders with practical tools to maintain their overall health and live out a more balanced and fulfilling life. Hey, if this is your first time tuning into the Two Principles pod, we appreciate you checking us out. There's so many amazing podcasts out there. Thanks for tuning in today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Hey, as always, every episode, we will stay true to the two principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will be in the moment. We're going to stay present. We're going to give it our best today. And of course, we are going to try to have a little bit of fun. We are going to have fun. Um, Kevin, I every once in a while, I'll get a, a question about just asking about these the, our two principles, life and leadership newsletter. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about our two principles, life and leadership newsletter? How do you subscribe? Where do you subscribe? Why should somebody subscribe? Well, those are lots of questions, Jason. I'm going to try to break it down. Um, it is a, you know, just another uh, avenue that we are exploring with trying to get our, our message out and trying to really just ultimately what we're trying to do is build a community. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to, the newsletters aren't long. I mean, they're, they're really? literally a five minute read probably. Um, and there's some, you know, some, uh, recurring themes, uh, throughout each, each week. And, um, if you are interested in uh, checking that out, you can just go to twoprinciples.com right there at the bottom of the, uh, main page on the website and you just type in your name and your email address and you are signed up and we kick them out on Sundays. And, uh, again, they're, they're super short. Uh, they'll have a, kind of a theme based, uh, approach and they'll have some resources in there, usually like a video or an article. Um, and again, we're just trying to build, build our community. Yeah, build and, a community yep. here. And I, th- you know, this, this uh, week's, uh, topic was on servant leadership. Yep. So anybody that was subscribed to our two principles, life and leadership newsletter, we had a lot of information on there about servant leadership, what that is. Uh, like you said, there's a challenge in there. We have some mindfulness stuff mm-hmm. in there. It's just, it's really quick. It's easy. And hopefully it can be impactful for people and help them become a better version of themselves. And I would say just when somebody does go subscribe, it'll ask for a confirmation email. Is that correct? It does. Yes. And, and then they, yep. And then they get that. Yeah. Just join our community. We'd love to uh, grow our two principles community and uh, check us out at two principles.com and sign up. All right, Ben, do you, first of all, before we get into some of this cool stuff, do you have any questions for the two principles? Anything off the top of your head you want to ask us before we get going here? Oh, no, not really. I'm just right. excited to it's be good, here. because I wasn't prepared for one. I know, yeah. <laughs> That's I, why I, I ask it, though, because, then, because you know, I just like to go off the cuff sometimes, you know? That's what we do. I mean, Kevin told me that I was the first teacher on this podcast, so that's... Well, uh, no, we have anymore. had Mark Franz uh, and we've had yeah. Matt Lombardi. We did, we did, but, right, but right. we didn't have them when, when we talked oh, about yeah. it, I okay. think. that's true. Um, yeah, so, he yeah. would. Yeah, it, uh, by that time. Yep. Yeah, so we've yep. had. Yeah, we've had two uh, 
But yeah, you um, grateful for you being here today with us, hanging out. What do you think of the uh, Healthwise Yoga and Wellness Studio here, the Two Principles Podcast Studio? You like this? I like this, man. It feels very calm. I mean, first of all, this room is huge, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, I just love the vibe in this place when you walk in. You know, it's pretty cool. Good. Uh, did you burn any uh, incense or anything before? Because I forgot <laughs> I to do that. Typically, we burn some good stuff just to kind of keep us, you know, mellow. And, you know, he freaks out every once in a while, so I got to keep him <laughs> well, in check. For listeners, this was, kind of a, this was kind of a circus getting this one started. Yeah, this was a circus. But, hey, uh, Ben, what uh, we always love to introduce our guests with a walk-up song. So what are we going to introduce Ben to the Two Principles podcast with? Uh, we got to do Shipping Up to Boston oh, by yeah. Dropkick Murphys. Let's go. You know, another one we haven't listened to. Are you to get that? Oh, let's go. Here it goes. So, Ben, first of all, welcome to the Two Principles Podcast. We're super excited. We're super glad that you're here with us. Tell us a little bit about why you chose this song. Uh, so, this is first song on my running mix. Uh, this is, as you hit the start line, this is the first thing that you're listening to. So you can get done with the first almost half mile with this one and you're just cruising right along going in and I, it's just a hype song, man. Yeah. I mean, how can you not get up and just like literally want to drop and kick something <laughs> when you're listening to this song? I'm, I'm going to ask an ignorant question. Are there lyrics? Yeah, yeah we're, getting, lyrics. Okay. we're getting there. We might want to stop it before then. I don't remember. <laughs> So Ben, welcome to the Two Principles Podcast. We oh. are excited that you're here. Um, we have let's introduce let's let's yeah, introduce let's, them. Let's and I'm gonna get us ready. Like here. I said, excited to have Ben Kirkwald uh, with us today. Uh, ben is a a middle school teacher, probably the bravest teachers of all teachers. Hey, you're the first um, middle school <laughs> teacher. Oh, I'll take first. Yeah. You're, you're the, the first middle first, school. Yeah. Yes, okay. the first. What's what's the saying? If you can teach middle school, you can teach anything, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm, you know, myself, I have some experience in the middle school, so um, definitely, definitely agree with that statement. But um, you've got some years behind you uh, working as a as a science teacher, and you're. You know, having worked with you in a building, you are definitely a teacher leader and, and you, you get your hands in all sorts of things that are, um, you know, geared towards um, focusing on, on student achievement and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, really just thanks for sitting down with us. This mm-hmm. is this is going to be a fun one for me. And, and we're going to talk we're going to talk health. We're going to talk uh, school. We're going to talk uh, routines. We're going to talk all sorts of stuff. So. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here, everybody. Ben, we always ask our guests to get things kicked off a random question of the show. Okay? All right. So I've been digging around today. I actually, you saw me this when you got in here. I was still scrambling, but I got a question of the day that I, I like. I think it goes into uh, what uh, the time of year it is. So uh, I'm going to ask you this question. And Kevin, you're going to ask, ask answer this as well too. But okay. if you could turn any non-fried food into a deep-fried version, which one would you choose and why? Oh, that's man. A... I mean, if there's so well. Think about the state fair. I know there's so many foods that are just already fried mm. it would probably have to be something that i wouldn't eat otherwise right like mm. it would have to be like a vegetable 
Like I find that I'll like if we fried. Well, actually, I like Brussels sprouts a lot. But like if you fried Brussels sprouts, yeah. like that you would eat way more of them. Whereas yeah. I'll eat a steak without it being deep fried <laughs> already. So, I. Uh, is that a thing? Deep fried steak? Well, like chicken fried steak, you can get yeah, those I are suppose, super thin. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, ima- I mean, can you imagine like a battered inch and a half ribeye <laughs> oh cut? God. Oh, I mean, it had it would have to taste so good. I, so yeah. what are you going with? You going with the steak? I'm gonna go with the steak. Oh wow, uh, yeah. okay. That's that's just great. to try it. I don't yeah. know if I'd like it, but I think I'd try a it. A deep fried steak. Well, if there's anybody out there, maybe there's somebody that's had that. I don't know, Kevin. What would you oh choose? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, could you deep fry chips and salsa? You probably could do that and just crunch them up. <laughs> in a little chips thing. already deep fried? <laughs> I suppose they are. Well, they might be baked. But you could put them in a thicker coating um, and then you could dip them into your salsa. Or maybe some fruit, like like deep fried strawberries. That would be good. Yeah, I, my first thought that came to me when I, when I saw this question was I would do a banana. Deep fry a banana and then I would just douse it with chocolate sauce. Enough chocolate sauce and, you know... Isn't that what's what's the what's the uh, dessert that that uh, is made out of a a cooked banana? There's a um, oh, I'm not going to think of it. Isn't that deep fried? Maybe not. I don't know. That might be. I'm making stuff up. You are just making. Here, let me tell you some fun facts though about some uh, fried food. The origin of fried food can be traced back to ancient Egypt, where workers would fry bread. In hot oil as a quick and convenient meal during their breaks. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Deep frying food actually locks in moisture and creates a crispy exterior, making it a popular cooking method for achieving flavorful and crunchy results. I think we knew that, right? Yeah, that's That's pretty uh, good. About, uh, let's see, the world's largest deep fried dish. Now, I don't, uh, this, maybe this has changed, but since I pulled this up here on the good old World Wide Web, it says, is the Texas State Fair's Big Tex Choice Award winner called Fried Thanksgiving Dinner. Oh, my God. <laughs> which consists of bite-sized turkey stuffing and creamy corn, all coated in batter and then deep fried to perfection. I, you can't use perfection in that <laughs> sentence, though. I don't know. That, oh. Let's be honest. Have you ever had deep fried food that didn't taste good? I know. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, I haven't. Yeah. Um, what was the other one I was going to say? Probably the biggest staple of uh, uh, fried foods would be French fries. And mm-hmm. those were actually introduced to the United States by Thomas Jefferson, hmm. who tasted them in France and then brought them back in the early 1800s. So the little fun facts about fried food. So anyway, thanks for playing along. If you're out there, yeah, just the state fair, state fair. Mm -hmm. And I thought fried foods, who doesn't love fried foods in that steak, you know, just think about taking that and you'd have to do it because you don't want to overdo your steak either. Right. Right. Because you got to just drop that thing and pull. I mean. But just think about that bread. Oh, that'd be good. Throw some oh. butter on that oh. puppy. Oh. Talk to me. <laughs> that sounds delicious. All right, Kevin. Let's right. go here. Hey. Let's ask some. Let's ask first, some real questions. First huh? question, Ben. Uh, it's not really a question. It's just it, tell us about you. Tell us. Give, give us a give us a thirty thousand foot uh, explanation of who you are. Where'd you, where'd you grow up? Uh, your background. How you got into education? Why you got into education? 
Um, just who's Ben? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Ben Kirkwald. Um, I have a wife. I have three kids. I have a eight year old, a five and a half year old. And a one-year-old Jeez, at home. Busy guy there. We yes, we are very, very busy, very active, um, which is good. Uh, I grew up in Champlin, so actually I moved a whopping <laughs> ten minutes away to <laughs> Osseo, where I live now. And uh, my wife actually grew up in Brooklyn Park. We went to high school together. Uh, we met in high school chemistry class, oh, which. Nice. Um, yeah, then I asked her to prom and she said yes. And then three days later she came back and she said, actually the guy I really like asked me to prom. So <laughs> You're I'm going to go with him instead. Uh, so she eventually, they broke up in college. We got together in a long distance relationship. She went to Drake and Des Moines and I went to Winona state. So we were in different colleges in different states. So we would make that four hour drive quite often between colleges and yeah, uh, we've been married. Our 10 year anniversary is coming up in September and, um, yeah, I, that's pretty much me. I mean, with three kids at home, that is yeah. a lot with yeah. teaching. Uh, I got into teaching. I knew I wanted to be a teacher probably almost my whole life. I think I was really turned on to science class for two reasons. The first thing was in seventh grade, I had a friend who we were in life science together and I, I still don't really like life science. Everybody else <laughs> loves life science. They want it. I, oh, I don't know. It's all, it's all right. But he was, I was like, I don't know if I want to pay attention in seventh grade. And my friend was like, dude, we gotta, we gotta like pay attention. I want to be a marine biologist. We have to like pay attention in this class. And I was like, Whoa, you mean like this could be relevant to what we're going to do in life? And so that was the first time where, where it really clicked for me that school might have anything to do with anything. And then in eighth grade, I had an awesome science teacher who, Miss Lang, who worked for NASA during the summers. Oh, wow. Very cool. And so she did uh, brought back some of the like propulsion stuff that she had had when she was working at the lab there. We talked about giant things. We were always doing engineering projects. And so in eighth grade, I really fell in love with science and then just continued on through high school, taking some more advanced classes and then decided that that was the kind of the career path that I wanted in college and got out of college and actually got hired by the Elk River School District right away, teaching middle school science, went down to fifth grade for five years. Um, and that in fifth grade, I think is really where I got a lot of the classroom management stuff. I really mm -hmm. got everything that I still use in eighth grade from that fifth grade team. There were so many awesome teachers on that team that had so many different skill sets for me to latch on to and to really bring with me up to the middle school. And so when I came back to the middle school, when I moved down to Prairie View and started teaching sixth grade and then sixth and eighth grade, now just eighth grade, that really you know, all of that stuff just kind of stuck with me and it was really great to have those mentors there. So that's really cool. cool. And I, I so much appreciate you saying that because sometimes, you know, you get, you're new to the profession or whatever it is and you maybe want to stay in your lane or you, you just want to figure things out yourself. But I love how you said that of how you were going to go out and soak in all the things that these folks had been doing it for a while take that in along with what you're doing to figure out how you are going to do things. I think that that's great. And I, so much appreciate that freshness of that because I think in life, that's what we need to do. We need to 
not only do we need to figure out things on our own, but utilize people around us, right, to help us become better. Um, so, a hundred percent. I think that it's very foolish to think that I could possibly figure out everything that I need to do in life on my own. I think that being able to be understanding of where those faults are with you and that you can include others that might be able to fill in some of those gaps with you, or at least watch them and learn from them. And maybe that maybe there are things that they do that you absolutely know that you don't want to do. I think that mm-hmm. having people around you and trying to learn from them and stri- instead of trying to think that you have it all figured out is, is the way to do everything in classroom and in life. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Hey, uh, real quick, I'm going to tell you, you know, you've got three kids, you said, and uh, what'd you say, eight, five, and one? Yeah. And uh, so I just dropped off my youngest to college yesterday, my wife and I did. Let me tell you, so we've had three, too. It goes fast. So enjoy the craziness of the times because, <laughs> you know, some of those times you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, oh my God. enjoy those times. Just sit back and laugh and just be in the moment with those times because you're going to be sitting here like me going, oh my gosh, I'm an empty nester now. My wife and I were talking about that uh, last night and to even today. So enjoy it. Have fun with it. I'm grateful for all the time I had with my kids, but, and it's fun to see them move on and go do great things, but enjoy the time. That's, uh, very important. Let's get into uh, just health. And I know Kevin had talked to me about you uh, a few months ago and said, hey, we got to get Ben on the show. I'm like, great, let's do it. And he kind of told me a little bit about your story. And I'm like, wow, that's that's awesome. I think listeners would love to hear that. But let's talk. when you think of overall health, when Ben thinks of overall health, what does being a leader in your health and wellness look like to you? Uh, gosh, I think that... For me, being in charge or being a leader in my health really has to do with making sure that you are not just focused in on one area. For me, I have to make sure that all of my different areas in my mental space, in my spiritual space, uh, in my physical space, my emotional space, that all of those are getting equal attention. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes I can, and I'm sure a lot of other people can get caught up in one specific space. You know, right now I'm training for a marathon. And so right now the physical space is taking up a lot and there's only so much of me to go around, but that doesn't mean that I can completely neglect these other parts of me, which Mm -hmm. are just as important as that physical part for me. And so For me, it really is about making sure that you hit all of those different areas in equal amounts. That's when I really feel the best is even though I might not be the most physically fit or I might not be in the, you know, the best spiritual state or whatever. If I can make sure that I have all of those different areas Mm -hmm. hit, I think that I am a better person because of that. So what are some of the things you do to create those uh, spaces for that to happen or routines. What do you do to make sure that you are hitting on those five areas with could be routines, uh, you know, discipline. What does that look like to you? Yeah. So for me, uh, the physical side is, uh, you know, kind of a part. I think that a lot of people hear about that for me, the, the mental and spiritual stuff for me has been, I started a little over two years ago, 
uh, on just kind of a journey out of depression. Um, and so when I did that, I picked up journaling right away. Mm. My mm. wife is a huge journaler, uh, and it really annoyed me for a long time <laughs> how many journals she had. She knows that. That it's just like yeah. uh, she's got so many of them. But now that uh, I started journaling, so I picked up a daily journal that goes through you there's a question for the day so it's usually something about you know what would make you the best best friend or are you holding on to any resentments right now mm. just like some really deep thought provoking questions if you and then there's a space to write a paragraph or so about that so that's the very first thing i do in the morning i get up i pour my coffee and then i start answering that question there's a part to schedule out my day for me, if I don't know exactly what's going to be happening during the day, things can start to get a little bit off, a little bit anxious. There's a part for gratitude and a part for acceptance. So for me, I have to list out at least three things for gratitude every single day. And one of the things that I learned watching a documentary is that those three gratitudes should be different every day. Mm -hmm. You can't just mm -hmm. say, you know, what are you great? I'm grateful for my loving wife every single day. Right. Cause that's not, you're not doing any, you're not being grateful for anything new. Mm -hmm. So every day I have to try and think of a couple of new grateful things. And then I have an acceptance piece there. What am I going to accept today? So for me, today was the first day kind of back to work. And it was like, I have to accept that I'm going to be tired, <laughs> but I still have to trudge through tonight. I don't just get to shut down when I get home. Right. That's something that I have to accept that that's going to happen mm -hmm. today. And then I have uh, two spiritual readings that I do. Um, so I have the, um, the liturgy of the hours that I do in the morning and the evening. I do that. And then I have a spiritual reading um, in the morning. And then I have a C.S. Lewis book that I read in the afternoon or in the evening and in the evening as well, I go back and there's actually an inventory at the end of the day. And it's the same questions every day. It switches off every other day. So there's five questions one day, a different five questions the next day, and it switches off. It's, did you hold any resentments today? Were you angry or fearful? Um, do you need to apologize to anyone today? And it just goes through these questions that everybody should be able to answer. And so you try to answer those, no, right? Do I have any resentments? Did I lie to anybody today? Was I fearful today? Was I honest with everybody? What was something I could have improved today? And so really it just helps me the beginning and the end of my day, make sure that I am mentally and spiritually in a really good place. Mm -hmm. I love that. And the, the, the thing that you talked about is that gratitude piece. And there is so much research on gratitude and this, I just want to read this real quick here. I just pulled this up, but there's, there's several studies that have found a positive correlation between gratitude and the psychological well-being. People who, are, who regularly practice gratitude report higher levels of life satisfaction, happiness, optimism, and lower levels of depression and stress. So starting your day being intentional. I mean, we talk about intentional. being intentional That's, and Ben right yep. there, that is very intentional how he, how he does that. I That's love what that. I was thinking the whole time he was talking, I'm like, wow, that is, that is very purposeful, very intentional. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, what I love about doing this is, you know, we, we get to sit down with, with people and, and, you know, our goal is to let listeners, hopefully listeners pick up stuff, but man, I'm picking up stuff. I'm oh, sitting absolutely. There, I'm like, I got to do stuff like that. Like that's, yep. That's and, and just give me a give me just so I can understand um, like the journaling part in the morning. How long is that? How long? How much time? Um, uh, 
Well, at night, I think I've got it down to between seven and ten minutes. Mostly okay. Because yeah. I know that I can make a, like a pot of macaroni and cheese yeah. for the kids while I'm doing it or something. Yeah. yeah. And then in the morning, I usually spend a little bit longer, probably 20 minutes. Okay. So we're not talking a huge amount of time. No. And no. it really is, for me, it's the same as it's the same as that physical part where you're just like, I don't want to go for a run yeah. today. And for me, it was, I don't want to journal today. There are days where I wake up or we get back from the state fair sure. at 10 30 at night. And you're like, oh, I don't want to journal. And I have talked to my wife about this because that's one of my red flags for me that I'm dipping back into a depression and dipping back into bad habits that I, that I used to have is that if I don't do this, then that's a red flag for you. And so I have to be intentional hmm. with the people around me mm-hmm. of like, if you don't see me doing this, that's not good. That means that you and I need to have a different conversation right now. And so just being intentional with that too, and her understanding that, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not journaling and she notices that she goes, are you okay? Like, do we need to talk about this? And just, you know, making, you know, cause you're not taking care of yourself, right? Yeah. It's like, it, it would be the same way if she caught you like sitting on the couch for 20 days in a row eating, you know, 27 chocolate bars. It's like, are you okay? Yeah. It's, a, it's the same thing. It's just people don't necessarily view it that way. But the fact that you communicate that with her and, and I mean, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Well, and that's just what I would say. And what I've learned so much is that you have really done a lot of inner work to get to that place, to understand who you are and what you need. And that's the piece that I think more people have to continually fight for and get to really go inside and figure out who am I? What do I need? How am I going to take care of myself? And you've done that. I mean, I just hear that yeah. just loud and clear. I want to expand a little bit on this question about overall health, because I'm going to tell you, the one thing that I know about Ben is that he's humble. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I, and, and if you're comfortable talking about, I want you to talk, I really want to dive in a little bit about the transformation that you have made from a physical point of view. Okay. From, from weight loss to running, like, don't be humble. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear the numbers. Like, it's I, it's dramatic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, I, I don't know. Do you want me to dive into the other part I, too? I, if you want to, I'll, well, whatever we'll touch you, on it a yeah. little bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, a little over two years ago, um, I was just in a just a super dark spot. Just, um, just depression, anxiety. In the years before that, um, you know, just uh, drinking for me was just my way to get out of that. And for, for you know, the 21st century, that's just a total everybody, you know, people will go home and, and drink on a Tuesday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, it just became this thing that that's all I really thought about. Right. And it's all. So I had to go through this journey of recovery um, that started very abruptly with me going to the hospital. It was like, you, your health is in real rough shape. And so coming out of that, I really had to, like you said, I had to do a lot of soul searching. I had to do a lot with that. And so, um, you know, I went into, uh, met some great people, went through a couple of programs to get myself back on track. And when I did that, uh, that's when I started the transformation that Kevin is kind of talking about mm-hmm. is I got to the, I got out of that depression. I got out of that hole. And then once I got out of that hole, I was like, look at me, like look at the physical me because I had worked on the mental me so hard for probably three or four months. And, um, so 
right now, uh, I'm just shy of, you know, just under 200 pounds. And before this transformation, I was closer to 300 pounds. So I've lost, uh, you know, 90 to 100 in, pounds. In two, less than two years. In about, less than right? a year. When I, oh, yeah. Yeah, when right. I actually did it, right? Yeah. So I started, it, um, yeah, just around Thanksgiving time, uh, just hitting it hard once I got done with um, all of the classes and things that I was going through for depression. And once I got out of those classes, that's I just spent that time that I was spending in those classes, hit myself hard. Um, I started running, or I guess I didn't start running right away because I, I couldn't at that point. Sure. Uh, it was just biking. It was doing, uh, my wife has Beachbody online, mm-hmm. so I was doing a little bit of that. And then starting January 1st, as everyone does on January 1st, <laughs> you're like, I'm starting this diet, download the Lose It app, start tracking calories, except for at that point, you know, I was I was six months into that recovery journey. And when I was into that recovery journey, I was able to, I already had the mental mindset for me to be able to, um, to be able to focus and know what I needed to do to actually get something done. And so because I had worked on my mind so hard, I was able to train my body physically. And so when I started, um, you know, I got my calorie number that I needed and I just hit that number every single day. It was really for that part, it was pretty easy for me. And I think in the first month I lost, yeah, like 30 pounds and then just kept going from there. It, it, it was it was dramatic. You probably noticed within like six weeks. I mean, it was it yeah. was pretty fast. So there was a couple people that were nervous that it was too fast. And I was like, I don't know. Like I'm hitting yeah, the numbers you, I'm supposed to. If you to. got it to lose, it's it's pretty easy. Right. I mean, if you're doing the right things. Right. You know? And then I started running that April. So this would be April 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little yeah. over a year ago. Jeez. I started running then. Uh, I got, uh, I curl. And so we were at a curling tournament up in Hibbing. And I was going to run for four miles. Uh, I'd run maybe two or three miles before that, and I got lost without. And <laughs> we were in Hibbing. We didn't have any, so I ended up running seven miles, which is the longest I had ever run in my entire life. And I got back, and I think I had I don't know like eleven minute splits, and I was like, "But I did it! I ran seven yeah. miles. I was dead tired." Um, and at that point I had a couple people that I had known that were also running. And so started running more and more and more. And then by the, that was in April. And then, uh, Kevin and I ran a race in July and I asked him to pace me at seven thirties. Yep. Wow. I didn't quite make seven. Close though. I think it was like seven fifty one. It was close. Yeah. We and, were, we but were, I got a kidney stone. So that, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about oh man that did line up that was the reason I mean, that wasn't the reason but it was well, just coincidence no no water. it, no, it was I think it honestly it was, was because it was very, no it because was you very ran hot. oh man you remember you ran with me and you go I got to delete this because my trainer's gonna see it and I still have to ra- ride sixty miles this afternoon yeah. he tells me yeah on the bike yeah I wasn't supposed to run that you day. weren't supposed to run no. that day you're like I gotta delete this uh, quick that's funny. oh man so then <laughs> so then I just started running more and more. I finally got uh, up. I did a half marathon and the 10 mile and a half marathon back to back weeks. And then I trained all winter, um, hurt my ankle at a race in March in that race though. I mean, I crushed seven thirties for 10 miles, 
Good for you. I know. And and you're the goal. So he's doing Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the goal is to go sub three thirty. So that's sub eight minute mile pace. And and I I I follow him on Strava, so I see his stuff. Um, And you you're gonna do it. I mean, I I'm (laughs) even if you here's the deal. Even if you don't do it, at the point that I'm trying to get at is you have. It's a remarkable story. I mean, when you think about where you were at just a year ago, right. running and eleven minute mile splits were hard, and now you're running seven thirties for ten miles. And I mean, that is a that it's that's remarkable, and it's 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 nothing to, to um, be humble about. I mean, it's it's just it's really really cool. And and the the reason I get excited about it is is one, I I was on the other side too, right? And and uh, I want people to understand, and I want you to talk about this a little bit. <laughs> Try to articulate how you feel just on a daily basis, just being healthier, like for, and and overall, but just from a physical standpoint. Um, there's so much quality of life that I think people are leaving on the table. They're missing because they're not physically taking care of themselves and. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, all the other the, the components, you have to have them all. You do. You absolutely have to. Um, but I think the physical component is it's the one where it's like you got to get out of bed first. And if you don't have the physical capacity to do that, it's hard to work on the other stuff. I th- At least that's my experience. Yeah. I don't know. what. Yeah, I think, yeah, for me, it really, the physical, so... The way that I feel physically now compared to where I was yeah. two two year two and a half years ago now, it just I mean it's night and day. The fact that I can uh, run around with my kids, mm-hmm. you know, I would have to be the parent that was sitting on the side, or I would chase them for like five seconds, and then my knees would hurt. Yeah, you know, it it really was just this. I had to be a sideline parent. Now I can be an active parent. I can go up and down the stairs. I can hold my kids. I can, you know, it's really about, I, I really feel like I'm a better parent because of that too. And I, I've noticed like students in the class will have commented on it like almost right away when I started, you know, like losing weight. It wasn't about the weight. It was like, you just seem like happier. Yeah. Like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I feel good. You know, you don't feel groggy when you're waking up every single day. You don't feel like the eight hours of sleep that I absolutely need every single day uh, really just helps me be in a better place. And on the days where, you know, like we're going to go to the state fair on Saturday and I have to, I have to run on Sunday. I have to run seven fifty half marathon yeah. pace. And that's going to suck. And I, cause I'm going to eat <laughs> you enjoy you know, yourself, right? I'm going to yeah. enjoy myself yeah, at the absolutely. state fair. And when I enjoy myself at the state fair, that's going to take a toll on my body yeah. and you can feel it, you know, yeah. just, on a day when you go out and have too much ice cream or you eat, you know, like a whole medium Domino's pizza like I did on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, like medium, then, I eat a whole large, well, come on. Well, <laughs> done that, yeah, done that uh, lately too. But just like when you do that, you just like wake up the next day, you're just like, oh, I don't feel good. And it really, it's just so interesting to me how much better I feel when I'm putting things in my body that are supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, when I wake up and I have my oatmeal and I have some whole fat yogurt plus some berries every day, the kids make fun of me 
when I am running late and I have to eat it at school, they call it my fungus breakfast. And I'm like, <laughs> I, it tastes good. And this is the, this is what you need in order yeah. to be here. You do not need Reese's puffs in the morning to no. get going. That's not the kind mm. of food that you need to put in your body. And it really, I mean, it just, it affects everything else. My mental and my spiritual health are affected by what I'm putting in my body and what I'm doing for my body too. Hey, you want to ask him about, can you ask him about, because I don't know, unless you want me to, but the whole mental health, I want to know his. For sure. I want to ask one okay. one quick follow-up question yeah. though. Who, who in your circle, family, friends, has been positively impacted by seeing you as a role, as a, as a leader in your health and making these changes? Have you, has there been a ripple effect? I'm just curious. I'm not saying there is. There, no, there should I, be, but I'm yeah, just, I, oftentimes that happens. Yeah, I think there is. I think that, um, you know, I think that my marriage has gotten stronger because mm-hmm. of that. My wife used to run and was running during a lot of this time. And now, you know, we've been able to talk and have more conversations about that. I think that uh, there's a couple of new friends that I have that uh, are running slowly. I have a friend who picked up running specifically because I did yeah. and he started running and he's going to run the twin cities marathon. His goal is just to finish oh, awesome, this for a very first one, you know, and it's, so I feel like I've had an impact on, you know, him and I feel like, you know, like friends just seeing me that way. And there's, there's kind of this like saying in recovery is like, you, I need to see these newer people more than you need to see me, mm-hmm. right? Like I need to see these people that are making these drastic changes to remind me about how much better my life is than what it used to be. Sure. And so it, I really think that, you know, kind of where I'm at in my journey too, seeing seeing newer people come into that, into that group, you know, it's like, oh man. And like the light that can come back into somebody's eyes, you're like, I need that. Like I need to see that light from these other people. I think that it really feeds into yeah. them. Oh man, that's cool. That's super cool. Um, yeah, switching gears a little bit. Mental health—that's another big topic of ours. Um, just trying to break down the stigma about it and 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 get people talking more about it. What is when we when we talk about the term mental health? What does that mean to you? Oh man, for me, mental health is about making. I always view mental health as like this steady walk forward. So for me specifically dealing with depression, uh, being a big part of my life, I still have these dips. What I describe depression as, is I describe it as me walking through the lake in the book holes when you're, where there's all these different five foot holes that you can't get out of. Right. And you're just, and you're just literally walking in a straight line and in depression, when you're walking towards one of those holes, you just look at it and you're just like, well, I'm going to fall in this hole and then you just do it. And then you're stuck in the hole <laughs> until you can find your way out. And so for me, when I think about mental health and the way that I try to take care of myself is, oh, here comes another hole. Like you can see it. You can feel it. Everybody knows with if you have some depression or some anxiety coming on, you know, you know, the symptoms, you know what's coming. And to be able to see that hole and not go, all right, well, here comes another hole. It's like, okay, well, let's try and go around it. Or can I skirt it? Or if I do fall into that hole, I know some skills to get immediately out of that hole so that I can keep walking straight forward. And so for me, it's just this, it's this walk forward and for mental health, for me, it's 
when I get to a hole, how do I get out as quickly as possible or how can I walk around it instead of just falling in the hole, sulking in the hole and trying to just stay there as long as possible. Hmm. That's a great visual. Uh, and, and what I hear you say is all these things you're doing, that's how you're, you are building resilience. That's how you build resilience. So when you go through maybe a tough time or you get down there, you have the skills that you've gone through some things to get yourself out of there, to bounce back, to face the challenges, whatever that is. And so that's what I think people you know, need to hear is that we all have to continually build resilience. And how do we do that? What does that look like? It could be physically, it could be emotionally, it could be mentally, but what are we doing to build that? So when you are hitting those, maybe having a tough day or you have something come up, how are you gonna get, how are you gonna get through that? And so that is great. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that list needs to be memorized. Like for me, uh, if I am going towards one of those holes, I have five things on that list that I have to do, right? Like I have to either A, go for a run, B, talk to my wife. I have to go um, talk to a friend. I have to go to a meeting. Like I have to, yeah. I have these yeah. things I have to do when I get there. And it, where, if you're like, okay, next time I get to a hole, it's going to be different. I'm going to do something different. If you don't know exactly what that's going to look like then you're going to, it's just not going to work. And mm -hmm. so for me, it really does have to be this list that I have memorized. As soon as I hit one of those, you know, red flags where it's like, oof, this is not going well, somebody needs to know and, or I need to do something to change it immediately. Yeah. Hmm. Love it. And that's just being intentional. That's knowing who you are and, and, and pray. The other thing I would, I would, I would say, or what I'm hearing is it's taken, it's, it's practice. You you practice this. This is not something you just haphazardly just do every once in a while. This is something you're intentional about and you're putting practice in. And some days, like you said, are going to be really good, but some days might not be, but you're still doing it. Oh, yeah. I, I think that that's, yeah, it, you just, you have to do it whether you want to or not. And it's so interesting. I think about like reading to my kids every single night. So there's a million studies out there about how if you, if your kids read or you read to your kids 20 minutes a night, they're going to be in the top 10% just overall. And that's all you have to do is read to your kids for 20 minutes a night. And a lot of people know that. And there's not very many people that do. Mm. And it's like, if you take care of your mental health, you're going to be a better person mm -hmm. and you know that, but you still don't do it. And it's just, you have to be so intentional because it's so easy to just not do it. And so I've really, I, I, it's, it's a lot of work and it does sometimes, you know, like when I'm out at curling tournaments and everybody else is going to go play cards, it's like, I got, I got to do this journaling thing, guys. Mm -hmm. Like the, it has to supersede some things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And and that's okay because they, your people in your circles need to know that that's who you are and that you are trying to keep yourself in a better place than you once were. And it's just, it has to become a part of your life. Otherwise, yeah, for me. Yeah. The things you're doing to improve yourself, if, if that's going to impact a relationship in a negative way, that might not be a relationship you need in your life. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's doing the right thing sometimes Having, ruins relationships. Yeah. Um, Having those boundaries, creating those boundaries. shouldn't say ruin, but you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And it's just that it's whole good. piece that, uh, that, that whole mental health piece is just, it's just part of who you are and we need to spend more time with it. 
just like we do, we, we can do a really good job with the physical aspect of things, but we need to also spend time with, with, with our mental side of things too. And it doesn't, what we're, we're, you know, what I see and what I'm trying, and I know Kevin is, what we're trying to do here is not make mental health be this bad thing. Like it, it's part of you and yeah, you may struggle with things, but at the same time, you need to take care of your mental health and do things to support it, just like you would physically. And so those are the things that, because, I mean, the mind-body connection, right? I mean, that, there's there's so much there. It's not one and then not the other. I mean, you're working on both of them. So yeah, it's too bad that you know you're gonna run Twin Cities. You're gonna you're gonna it's gonna be successful for you, whatever that looks like. Okay. And you're going to tell somebody they're going to they're going to find out you ran a marathon and they're going to be like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Like, it's so good for you. You know, it'd be great if we could get to a place in our in our world where when you tell somebody that you journal every morning, they're like, oh, my God, good for you. That's mm-hmm. so awesome. Yeah. You know, and there's probably a lot of people that do. I mean, like, I have a ton of respect for you that you have that discipline to, to do that. Um, but but like like Jason said, it's so easy to to. Um, give accolades for physical stuff. Right. Well, but, it's just so much easier to see, right? Well, right. Like exactly. It's just, yeah. If you, if you can't see it or there's a, so much, there's such a wider, um, a wider birth of mental health than yeah. there is physical health. Right. So, you know, it, it just, you don't even know what somebody else is going through or you don't know exactly what. Yeah. So it, yeah, it just because it's invisible, it makes it more difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, all the stuff you're telling me about about your practice and stuff. I mean, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, what I see from the outside in is, oh, this guy runs a lot. Right. He all of a sudden started taking care of his physical health, but clearly you're doing all of it. Well, he's got five components that he's working yeah. on. He's got he's got a checklist just of things phenomenal. he needs to make sure right. he's doing. He's intentional. See, uh, but that's boring to post at. Like, if I posted my well, <laughs> first of all, I wouldn't right. post my <laughs> what makes a best friend article every morning, <laughs> right? But it just doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't make, it's not as postable. Yeah. People don't, yeah. it, it wouldn't be as effective for people to see, I suppose. Although maybe they need to. Yeah. It's good for people just to continually look at themselves. Let's move into. Speaking of, speaking of posting stuff. Yeah. Kevin's favorite topic. Yeah. You know, Kevin is a social media guru. He's like. That is not true. He spends probably 15 hours a day on social media. <laughs> that's that's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> No, he jabs me about social media, but I'm going to... So let's talk social media a little bit because the whole aspect of the cell phone, social media, all that stuff, what platforms are you on? Are you staying up to date with social media? Who do you follow? And then I've got some follow-ups after that. I am not a super big social media guy. So I have a Facebook account that I started when it was cool to have one in college. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, that's how I keep up with extended family. Uh, I have Twitter follow. That's probably how I get my news on yeah. X now and just, you know, getting all my news there and sports news. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I had Snapchat for a while, but uh, that, just share pictures. I usually yeah. just text pictures with people. That's probably it for social media. Strava. Strava is probably my biggest <laughs> social biggest media social at this media. point. It's just, you know, trying to follow a bunch of professionals on there. Uh, Are you following people like from the 
let's just say, obviously you said there's stuff on sports, maybe probably education people or teaching people and that kind of stuff or like mental health or physical health or yeah, runners. I like to follow a lot of just like classroom teachers. So I'm not big on, I'll try and go into like somebody like uh, Kevin Honeycutt. Like I'll go mm-hmm, into sure. his, he's got 300,000. So it takes a little while, but I'll go into his and just look for actual classroom teachers um, or go into George Kuros. Uh, Cor- I'll go yeah. into his and Good I'll just go through ours. and yeah, I'll just go through his and find their real classroom teachers that seem to be posting a lot because those are those are the people that I really want to follow. I don't mm-hmm. need to follow the educational weekly magazines. I feel like I'm going to get more out of the people that are um, you know posting those things. Sure. I guess I'm on. I don't have a TikTok account. I just go onto TikTok and go onto the teacher talk part. Yep. I get a ton of those. I actually, <clears throat> one of my friends, uh, Nicolanzi, who teaches with me, mm-hmm. I'll send him. TikToks and be like, dude, just email this to me and then we'll snooze it till August and then we got to look at it. So <laughs> I think we have about 15 that are coming on Monday that have, you know, like AI stuff that yep. we can use in the yeah. classroom. And yeah. and that's really probably TikTok videos are where I get a lot of the classroom ideas now or things that I can utilize, which is kind of cool. What do you think about like when you're talking about the smartphone and social media and there's so much out there about kids just spending an enormous amount of time on it and you being in the classroom as a teacher, what are some of the things that you see as a teacher when it comes to the smartphone and kids being on their cell phones and the social media aspect? What can we do to, to help kids and, and even parents with, with this? Yeah, I think so in the classroom, I think the biggest thing that I see, or at least they talk about to me, would be, um, you know, like following each other on Snapchat or we'll talk about some of the weird things that they do on there, like take a picture of the ceiling and God forbid that you ever show your face on a Snapchat to somebody that you are Top not in a relationship oh, really? with. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I learned that because somebody sent somebody else their face on a Snapchat. And if you send your face on Snapchat, that means that you are in a relationship with them. And oh. if you're not and you do that, then their girlfriend is going to so be pissed. Like oh. like totally top. Correct. Yes. Yeah. You cannot, or just, yeah, the hair, yeah. part ceiling yeah. fan. So that's why I think during distance <laughs> I feel like learning. There's we more were, rules at middle school level with social media etiquette than yes. in high school. I, think it's so I don't know. Convoluted. I still think there are, but I just think that it's. We just, don't know about them. Yeah. They're just know. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just, it's time spent. I think that a lot of kids get super annoyed, but I think that the, the students that I have found have the, the best, like, um, the best attitudes about social media are the ones where parents have set the the limits to mm-hmm. an actual, you know, scientific level of an hour or two <laughs> a day. And because they're just they're just not capable of it, you know what I mean. Uh, I there's only one student that I've ever had that I know was capable of it, and she um, <laughs> she uh, figured out her dad's password and set it so she didn't have any screen time anymore. And then like two months went by, and she was like. Mr. Kirkwald, I had to go in and I had to set my time limit again because it was I was it was getting out of control. And it's like even she knew, like that's the only student I've ever heard. It was like I had to set a time limit on myself, even though my dad oh my gosh, it was too funny. But I it really is just everything in moderation. 
I think is huge, even for adults. So I recently went on a trip to Canada. When we go on that trip to Canada, we are out 12 miles from the nearest road and already service in Canada is terrible. And for me, I put my phone away. I put it on airplane mode because I just can't get anything there. And for my kids, you know, they have all their stuff put away. And I had our babysitter who this is her first time. She's 24. So this is her first time without having a cell phone in a decade. And she had just had to not have one for a week. And she said, that was the best experience mm. I've ever had. Mm-hmm. She goes, I'm, I think I'm going to go back next year because it was just this so much more relaxing of a time. Just not, she's like, I just stared at a lake yeah. and that's what I did for most of the day while watching the kids or whatever. And it it's okay to do that. Yeah. And it, she just absolutely loved it. And so for me, it really is about just moderation and making sure that, that you are, doing things in smaller doses. And I've noticed that if you're doing, if the kids are doing things in smaller doses, they have less time to get in trouble Mm -hmm. that a lot of the times it's too much time. Like even in the classroom, if there's too much unstructured time, the kids are going to get in way more trouble than they are. If they have a shorter amount of Mm -hmm. unstructured time, just because kids get bored Mm -hmm. and if they get bored, they do dumb things. There's lots of things you can do in a science room. We got so many things. Oh (laughs) my gosh. But yeah, I really think that it it really is time spent. It's It's not that it's a bad thing. It's important for them to be able to use it. But I think that it's important to to be, especially for my middle school students, to be able to understand that there are time limits and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's move into work-life balance. Um, you're busy, obviously. Um, you got, you got a a decent sized family, you got young kids, you've got a career, you've got things you're working on outside of work, outside of your family. You've got some goals, you've got some hobbies, some activities. Um, I know you, you enjoy the outdoors. How do you fit it all in? How do you, what is your approach to, to work-life balance? Because we feel, you know, especially when, when we're talking about educational leaders, um, you know, specifically administrative level, we feel like this is, this is a big one that is a, a big hurdle. Um, it's, it's, it's easy as educators, we want to put ourselves last. I mean, that's what educators do. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the blueprint of an educator. So how, how are you managing it? What does work-life balance look like for you? Yeah, so it used to look way different for me before kids. My very first year teaching, uh, I worked at Vandenberg uh, and, and Sock. And so there was zero sunlight when I got there, and there was zero sunlight when I left. You were just working in the dark at that point. And I was probably working from like 6 a.m. until 7 p.m. every single day. And as I got older, I would stay till like four and then I had kids and I'd stay till actually kids were really the thing that brought my work-life balance into check because I had to pick them up for mm-hmm, daycare sure. and I couldn't drop them off until, you know, 645 is when I had to drop them off and I had to leave at contract time to actually be able to pick them up on time. And so if I had to do both of those things, that meant all of my work had to be done at school. And yeah. one of the I actually had two people when I was teaching fifth grade I had a third grade teacher one time 
tell me that once you have kids, just, just leave it there. Just leave it at school. It'll be there tomorrow. You'll find time to make the copies tomorrow. And you will. You'll find time to make the copies tomorrow. You'll also, uh, somebody else, or another teacher that I had, Dorothy Onstead, she was, I want to say how old she was. She had white hair. She was older. She was right at the end of retirement. She said, I went out to lunch with someone who worked at the city office, and they all left at 5 o'clock. And she said, you guys all got done at the same time? And they said, (laughs) No, it's it's five o'clock. The whatever is on my desk will be there at eight a.m. And she was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and I was like, "And I really stuck with me." It was like, "It it will. It will be right there." And so now that my kids are a little bit older, and it's not just daycare pickup; it's actual things that have to be done. My wife and I actually meet once a week on Sunday mornings, and I do my journaling, and she does her journaling, and we have to go through the week ahead. And so we go day by day. Who has what? Is it on? We have a shared calendar. Okay, it's on the calendar. Do we need a babysitter for this? When are you going on your run? When are you going on your run? What does your long run look like? You know, and then it's, um, you know, what? We don't have any couple time. We haven't had a date night in forever. When are we going to do that? And so we have to plan out that entire week, which usually takes, I don't know, 15 or 20 more minutes. And then we go Mm -hmm. through that. We set... uh, our daily schedules for the whole week. We feel super comfortable with that. We look ahead at the next couple of weeks. Should we start asking for babysitters? Should we start planning a date night a couple of weeks from now? And just making sure that if we want to do something that we're planning ahead for that. But that has helped us because there was a a short, uh, actually it was a fairly long period of time where every day it was, okay, what's going on today? What's going on tonight? And both of us just, we can't live like that. It's too stressful. So we really have to be intentional with every minute of every day. And that's kind of what we do every right after this. I know exactly what I have to go home and do. I think we have uh, relax is on the calendar from six until nine tonight. So I think we're going to make some dinner and watch a TV show for the first time in a long time. And yeah, Good for you. That's, that's that's great. Again, intentional, purposeful. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean, go ahead. No, yeah. I, everything that I'm trying to do just has to be intentional. I just, I, I wasted a lot of time sitting around doing nothing, you know, like taking naps on the couch every day or not getting up or doing things for my kids. And I, that time is over. Like I've got time to make up for now. Yeah. I've got, I've got stuff I need to do. And so I need to be intentional about doing we, it. We talk a lot about discipline and motivation and stuff. And, and, and that whole theme is, is resonating with me when, when you're talking about all this stuff, I'm, I'm guessing there's days where you don't feel like doing some of this stuff. I mean, are, are there days that, that you wake up and you're like, I don't want to run. I don't, I don't, I mean, and yeah. how, how do you, how do you approach that? Yeah. So, I mean, journaling, it's easy because it's just something that I have to do at this point, but for running, I don't, I don't have to run. Right. So the yesterday, yesterday it was the high was 99 Uh and it was a gajillion percent humidity out. Uh And I had nine miles of speed work planned Uh (laughs) and uh, so speed work is supposed to run faster. I was supposed to run like 7:30 pace. And I was like, I'm not going to run that in 80% humidity 
at 7 a.m. It was 81 degrees yeah. outside. It was just nasty. And I was like, I don't want to do this. But I also knew that it was, I heard a quote the other day that I really liked. It was, it's either one day or it's day one. Hmm, I've heard that one. And for me, that really like hit home when I heard that again, because when I was on that Canadian trip, I had taken, I ended up taking 10 days off because I had to pack and I couldn't run and all this other stuff. And when I took those 10 days off, I came back, I lost 45 seconds off my mile splits. I was like, well, that's not good because this is the ramp up period in my race. I need to be able to do this. Like, how am I ever going to get back? And it was really, it was day one again. That's how I felt when I got back. I'd run 18 miles that day. And I ended up, my last two miles were at 15 minute mile pace. Like it was just brutal. And it, for me, it really is. It's either, I can either do it today or tomorrow is day one again. Yeah. And for me specifically in recovery, tomorrow cannot be day one again. And for me and my running, it's, if I miss today, am I going to, I'm going to go back five, 10 seconds in my split times. Like, is it worth it? Is that worth it to me? Is it worth it to look back on mile 20 when I'm going up summit Avenue for this twin cities marathon and I'm going up that hill going, I didn't run that nine miles in the humidity that day. Like that's probably why I'm really sucking it up this hill. Instead, when I'm going up that hill going, it is not 80% humidity. It's not 81 degrees out. This is so much better than that nine miles. And I texted a couple of guys right after I got done yesterday. And I was like, this is the day that I'm going to remember. And I'm going to go back and be like, it's not that day. It's not minus 20 in January. It's not, you know, like you have to do those hard days to get to the fun days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it, again, it's just, I set out to do this and if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it, but yeah. And it's not going to be, I'm not going to get the life that I want because of it. Yeah. Well, and I think that approach, you know, it's coming through with, with all your stuff, with the way you balance your life, the, your, your mental health, um, you're, you're putting the work in, you're putting the work in. And again, like you said, Jason, intentional, that is the mm-hmm. word that just keeps coming back to me. It's so intentional. So that's really good. Can I, you know, you have a purpose on why you get your ass out of bed every morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what more people need, right? We need to fit. Why the hell do I want to get out of bed every morning, right? You got to have a purpose to say, what's going to get me out of bed? Right. And for me, for me, it just started off with, um, you know, I, I, right now my motivators are that gratitude. And I wish I would have known that earlier, yeah. right? Because those first, you know, three or four months of going into my journey, it was literally just, can I make it through today? doing X, Y, and Z. Can I, you know, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I think if I would have gone through it with a more grateful attitude, I think I would have gotten to where I wanted faster. Mm -hmm. If it was getting out of bed and writing down those grateful things and being super intentional about smaller things that I'm grateful for, or, you know, recognize just being grateful for even like the smallest things. It seems so cliche to just be like, I'm grateful that I got a good night's sleep. I am grateful that I, you know, uh, that the kids are still sleeping an extra five minutes today. Like I'm grateful that I can kind of see the sun in March, you know, as <laughs> it's starting to rise, like just small little things. And if you are, have that grateful attitude, I've found that it's really hard to get, 
angry and frustrated when you have those grateful things that you've already thought of. <laughs> That's cool. Yes, sir. Love it. Hey, what, what do you see? One of the things that we hear a lot about is kind of that, the burnout, right? Educators, teachers, leaders are burnt out, right? So what are the, what are some of the challenges you see facing teachers? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think burnout is a hundred percent real. I think that I see it in colleagues. I had almost a whole hallway leave the profession this year. They just, they couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think about like, you know, like why, why am I still there knowing that I have the same number of years or close to the same number of years as them? You know, like what, what is different about me? What am I, what am I doing differently about that? And for me, it is just trying to have a bracelet of it here. Uh, focus on the positive for mm -hmm. me is really just the, the biggest thing is I, there, I had a couple of students this year and I had one where we, got him to stay in class one day, right? Like something just super, like we got him to stay in class or like he did a worksheet and he got an A. And I remember like emailing the principal and the vice principal being like, I did it. He, he, we did it. We did something today. That, and I just, it was awesome. I felt so awesome about that. Like, you know, that he was still struggled, right? He still failed that class, but he, it was that one day it was like, it's okay. Like you're going to be okay because of this. And just for me, it's, it's more focusing on, yeah, like that student relationship piece for me than focusing on, you know, the, the, the grades or the things that they're getting or the behaviors that I see in class, because the behaviors are not coming from the behaviors are not coming from my class. They're not coming from things about me. They are stemming from something that I have zero control over. Mm -hmm. right. But what I have control over is I have control over my classroom, over how I'm going to be treating them um, and how I want them to treat me. And really just, you know, making sure that those relationships are in a really good place. And there are very few students that I would say I, I've not had some sort of tangible relationship with, um, that, you know, even if it is really minor, it really is just trying to make that connection, being able to laugh with them. I mean, middle schoolers are just weird. Like they just <laughs> are. And that it's okay to embrace that kind of stuff and not get super bent out of shape when you're like, why did you do this? Because their answer is probably, I, I have no idea. And you truly believe them, right? Like yeah. Kevin and I have talked about yeah. that where it's like, they truly have no idea why they did that. And it's like, that's where they are. They have no <laughs> idea why they did that. So one of the things, so I do, Kevin, you remember this. I yeah. do at the end of the year, I do these posted notes questions when they get to know me. And it's like one thing that Mr. Kirkwald is, or that's super cringy about Mr. Kirkwald or one thing that you would change about Mr. Kirkwald or just something where they can just, you know, like poke fun or whatever. And some of the kids are like, really? It's like, if I formed my self-esteem based on what an eighth grader thought of me, <laughs> I, it, it would be really hard. Right. It, it's uh. just, I, 
and and I probably was there, right? Like it, a couple of years ago, I was probably to the point where I I needed that validation from them in order to be able to do that. But I I I am there for them. I'm there to serve them. But I am not living and breathing off of an eighth yeah. grader's validation. So what I'm what I'm hearing you saying, Ben, and tell me if I'm wrong, but um, when when we are talking burnout and and you know just workload and stress i mean this is a stressful job um i'm hearing you ground yourself in a healthy perspective like you you maintain a healthy perspective on um kind of what you care about related to the job like for you it's it's relationships um and i and i'm i'm hearing you saying that 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 helps you with kind of keeping keeping burnout at bay. Yeah, I think I think the one of the main reasons that I've heard from teachers who have left the field is that behaviors are one of those one of those big things that are you know the the one of the major factors that they're leaving yeah. is because they it's just it's it is. It's sometimes those behaviors are overwhelming and it's like why is this not happening? Why is this not being taken care of? What what's going on here and for me um, I guess it just, yeah, like it, having those relationships or being able to one of the, so one of the best things I heard was we had an old, this is back at Prairie View Elementary Middle. There's an old guy. He's, I think he said he was 82 and he had been teaching since the sixties. He came into sub and he was the sub next door. How's it going? Like, it's gotta be crazy. These kids have gotta be so different. And he goes, no. He said, the kids in the 1960s, these are the exact same kids. Like, mm -hmm. the clothes are different, but it's the exact, these are the same types of things that we were seeing, right? So, so for me, it's like, okay, well, if these are the same behaviors and things that he saw in the 1960s and 70s, then right now that just means that I need to just have a healthy perspective on, they're going to figure it out eventually. Yeah. Right. And when they go to you guys over there, I'll get emails back from them. It's like, I figured it out. It's like, <laughs> I wish you would have figured it out four years ago. Right. Yeah. But you figured it out now and I appreciate you figuring it out. It's just, it's cool to see that growth there and just, yeah, to just be, I really do have to just be grounded in the understanding that some things I just don't have control yeah. over. Well, then that's okay. They're, they're behaviorally age appropriate. Right. right. I right. mean, that's what middle school kids are. And, and, and I think the key, you know, for me and, and what I'm hearing you saying and from what I know about you is you don't take it personally. The, the, the kid's not coming at you. Like you said, there's stuff going on with these kids that we don't know. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times we don't know. Um, and, and I think if, if we can prevent, um, you know, from having a negative perspective about just everything in general, I think that can definitely help with, with keeping teachers uh, away from burnout for sure. Right. Yeah. I think just coming in with a healthy perspective, like today I looked at my rosters and I saw some names on there that I was like, Oh, okay, here we go. You mm -hmm. know? And it's like, well, you know what? That kid is completely different than what they were. Like I yeah. subbed in their English classroom last year, like their seventh grade English class versus my eighth grade science class are going to be completely different from each other. So I can't just sit there and stew about a kid that I've been hearing about for three or four years. You know, I have to give to give that kid a chance too. So just, yeah. you know, try not to think that everybody's always out to get me. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. good. That's good.
Let's, uh, we have a couple more questions here to wrap up, but this is kind of a two-parter here. So the first part of it, what are, who are some of your role models or mentors that have impacted you? And then the second part of that is what are some of your favorite leadership, um, educational or health resources, mental health, physical resources, books, podcasts, people, apps, all that stuff? Um, all right. So role models, mm-hmm. I'm a big Goggins guy. Like, uh, uh, just, there's some people that love Goggins and there's some people yeah. that hate him. Right. Cause whatever. But I, I, I sometimes will pull them up and I love it. I, sometimes it's that in your face, you know what that you need. Right. I, I, I so I've read his first book. I have not read his second book yet, but it, the, the story in there is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think that some people don't like it because, I mean, when we talk about being a whole person, right, like he's got the physical part down, but I think that even he would have to admit that there is some mental and spiritual things that he needs to work on to be a more well-rounded person. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's where that he's not maybe the most well-rounded, but for that physical part where it's like, we're going to do this right now. (laughs) Like we're going to do 200 pull-ups until you can do this. I, I really like that for my physical person for, role models in school. I really comes back that fifth grade team that I worked with up at Westwood and Zimmerman was exactly what I needed to start off my career. It was just such a diverse group. Everybody had their own classroom mentalities. I was able to learn from each and every one of them as they would learn relationships. I was able to learn discipline from someone else. I was able to learn about uh, working with parents with someone else, I was able to just that whole team for me just was absolutely exactly what I needed at that time. And so for me, I try and emulate each one of those facets in my classroom. And so it's really cool to be able to look back and just think about how lucky I was hmm. to be able to have that. And then I think other role models, I mean, Um, I have a Sunday night group that I go to and a lot of the people in there uh, just have incredible stories with what they have gone through adversity wise. And it's just so cool to hear all of their stories and knowing that I can be that same person if I want to and gaining their wisdom. I think that that group of people for me is also a really big role model. Hmm. Um, What was the second part? Second part would be like, what are some of the, you, you, you kind of alluded to a little bit, but what are some of the things that, you are maybe reading in, 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 in realms of like helping you out as a teacher, helping you out in your health or wellness part of life, podcast books, all those type of things, people, apps. Yeah. So I think, so it's going to sound a little bit weird, but uh, I am in a men's group on Thursday nights. We've been meeting for over a decade and I am without a doubt, like the dumbest person in this group. <laughs> And that's so, what you want, though. I, yeah, it, I mean, so right now I'm reading Dostoevsky's The Brothers Kazmarov. I think that's how you say it. I, I have no idea that? what's going on. <laughs> it, I mean, the book is probably like this. I'm reading the audio. The audio book is 34 hours. Uh, okay, here we go. Jeez. What's, I, what's it about? I don't even know what it's about. I don't know. Uh, a guy named Alyosha. That's like the main character. It's like a spiritual kind of a book about um, somebody who loses their faith, somebody who has this like blind faith and someone who doesn't have faith but comes to faith. And so which 
which one of those is the person that you want to be, I think is where we're going So have you been get. reading the book for the last 10 years? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, no. We, uh, they go through, <laughs> they go through all sorts of books, um, that are just super interesting. And so this is, they've read this one a okay. million times. And so we want to talk about it as a group. So I'm the only one that has not read it. So okay. trying to work my way through it. I think I'm Good four hours into the book. So I, I, that group for me, reading that Dostoevsky books are huge. I really liked one of the best books I think I've ever read is on uh, the different archetypes of man. Mm. So focusing on, I mean, we're all guys sitting in here, but focusing on masculinity in the 21st century is super huge for me because something like being a warrior 200 years ago looked way different than it does right now. Yeah. And being a king of your family looks way different than it does right now. So what are the characteristics of someone who is a warrior, who is a king, who is, um, oh, what are the other two? It's like uh, a magician. And then what are these sub archetypes that are in there that can come out instead of that, right? So like the infantile king, what does that look like? And you, when you start reading some of the sub archetypes, these anti archetypes of being a warrior, of being a king, you go, oof, that's like some toxic masculinity stuff way down there. And so how do I become the, the better part of these archetypes in the 21st century? And that's a lot of what that men's group talks about. But if you have not done any research into the four archetypes, there are some books, they're pretty short. They're like I don't know, 150 pages or less. And they're really good just kind of introductions into masculinity and what it should look like. Hmm. It's really cool. You're a deep dude. I well again, I am the I am the dumbest person in that group. Well, <laughs> so. you're 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 a lot deeper than I thought you were. That's that's I like that. That's I'm learning some stuff. All right, we are moving on. Last question, the big one. Okay. What is one single piece of advice that you would give somebody that is looking to move their life in a more positive direction. And you can kind of interpret that and think, you know, maybe it's physical, maybe it's mental, maybe it's, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's all three. Um, but what is one tangible thing that you would tell somebody that they could, they could start today? Uh, I would say what, don't do it alone. I would say get a group of people, I think is the most important thing. What I've learned in my wellness and mindful journey is that you have to, you, it is naive of you to think that you can do anything alone. And the fact that if you think that you know best for yourself, that is also another foolish thought. And that's something that took me a long time to figure out is that I thought that I could do all of it on my own, right? Like I thought that I could get out of my depression on my own. I thought that I could, um, you know, like get through this weight loss journey on my own. I thought that I could do that all without any help. And what a foolish and insane thought to think that there's not something bigger than you that knows more than you. And for me, that is a group of people. I think that it's super important to have maybe one person that you're super close with. But I think that the more people that are on that journey with you, the, the better. I think that if you are looking to become more um, physically fit or look, working on physical wellness, 
I think that it's super important to find a group of people who are working on that as well. I think if you're looking at getting it into your mental health, I think that um, I've seen huge benefits with like group therapy sessions, being able to talk to multiple people instead of just one therapist in a room. I think that that is huge. I think that it's important to include as many people as possible in that journey who know what you're going through. I think that that's probably a big part too, is to be able to find a group of people. And it's so scary. Uh, it really is to be able to reach out and be as like, think about like a physical journey. Like when I was, you know, almost 300 pounds, if I would have walked into a gym and been like, Hey, can somebody like help me out? Oh my God, I would have died. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it really, it, it's, it, no, I don't know how to say like, no one will make fun of you. Like people who have been on the journey that you're going through are not going to, they're going to be there to help and support you. Mm -hmm. And so I really think that whatever your journey is making sure that there's a group of people and it's not just an accountability partner, like, Hey, if we don't go to the gym, then let's tell on each other. Right. It's, it's not accountability like that. It's accountability. Like we have both been to this dark place and talking about the dark place, bringing light to that place and just moving forward with that. I think that having a group of people is the best thing that you can do. Hmm. It's like that old saying, you want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go together. Yeah. Right. You go. I don't know who said that, but it's, I like it's, that one. It's, it's out there somewhere. Um, that's really, really good, Ben. I, I tell you what, um, I already, I can, I just want to say this. I, I already had a ton of respect for you. Um, and, and really admiration for, for what you have, for, from what I knew of your journey. Um, but man, that is, that is tenfold at this point, learning, learning some of the stuff about you. So, um, it's been real, real fun to see this in you and, and learn these things. And, um, I, 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 I know the listeners are, are going to get a lot out of this. There's just, just a lot of really, really good stuff that you talked about. And, and again, I'm going to go back to that word intentional. Um, it just is shining through this conversation, just so intentional. And, and I think that's uh, definitely the, the foundation of, of what you've, you've kind of built for yourself. So thank you for your time. I know this is busy time of the year, um, getting, getting uh, ready to ramp up with school. So um, taking the time to sit down with us, really, really appreciate it. Thanks. I, I'm super glad to be on. It's um, great to talk with you guys and just kind of, yeah, shed some light on a lot of these topics that maybe don't get talked about on other podcasts. So that's awesome that you guys are doing this work. To Peapod, hey, uh, Ben, where can listeners connect with you if they're like, hey, I want to I wanna reach out to Ben because I really liked what he was saying or maybe I have a question for you. Where can they find you? <sighs> Nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Well, you don't have to give out your <laughs> digits. That, uh, yeah. I think that's about all I have. Let me How about hear. your email? Could we could we put your email in the show notes for listeners? Could we put uh, oh, like sure. your social media tags yeah, on yeah, there? Yeah, that's we'll what I was looking up. I we'll couldn't remember. Figure out, we'll figure out what to put in there. Yeah, you don't we'll need put to some do it social, We'll put yeah. some social we'll put some stuff, social maybe an email. So if yep. listeners want to connect with Ben and, and hear more about it, or maybe they got a question on how'd you do this. But Ben, I, I really appreciate the time today. Uh, first time for me to get to know you at, uh, at this type of uh, level. Uh, and at the two principles, we talk about living and leading with purpose and everything that you were talking about today was living and leading with purpose. And Kevin said intentional, you're intentional. The other piece I would say is it starts with you. 
you are the one that had to go inside and figure out what you needed to do. But then along the way, you brought in supports and you brought in people to help you. Magical. Love it. Appreciate you. Appreciate the time. Grateful for you. Grateful for this time. The the uh, journey that you've been on and what you've uh, you know accomplished these last two years. Congrats to you. That's awesome. I hope it inspires other people. I hope there's listeners here that are like, you know what? He he inspired me, and, and I want to go try to do some of these things. So thank you for that. I wish you continued success in all that you do. Go sub seven thirty. That uh, you'll do it. Put it out. Put it on the universe and go do it. But with that, KJ. That's all I got. We're done. Everybody have a great week. All right. All right. See you. Take care. Thanks for hanging out with the two principals today as we continue on this life and leadership journey, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate, review our podcast wherever you listen. We are so grateful for your support. And as always, please follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principles. You can also find us on the web at twoprinciples.com. Questions for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward. Wishing you peace and happiness on your journey. Remember to keep living and leading with purpose. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time. Get out of your head and into your heart.